Hey there, boss. This is Jeff Mendelson, host of the One Big Tip podcast. And I am so excited to announce my new Agents of Pod coaching program, where I teach you how to fast track your lead gen by having more conversations with your targeted clients, even if you have no list, audience, or paid ads. Head on over to agentsofpod.com hero, and let me show you how to be the superhero in your own business. I am also actively seeking guests for this podcast. If you know someone who is currently six figures or more in their business and they have an actionable, tangible, and measurable tip to share, please let them know about it. Just go to onebigtip.com slash guest for information on how to be a guest. I can't wait to hear from you. Let's get started. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. My name is Jeff Mendelson, and this is the One Big Tip Podcast. My guest today is Peter Moore, a successful podcast host and founder of Simplifying Entrepreneurship. Peter spends his day coaching entrepreneurs on how to transform their frustrations and cut through the chaos using his 5P framework. Peter's framework is built upon the tools and strategies he has used in various businesses that have brought him success. Peter is a serial entrepreneur who has owned various businesses in both the sales and service space over the years. Peter created a framework that helps entrepreneurs build confidence by easily making decisions that align with their goals. So it's going to be a great conversation today. Peter, thank you so much for joining me and welcome to the show. Uh, thanks for having me. Thanks for having me, Jeff. Real pleasure. I'm looking forward to it. So you have had a number of different businesses, you know, serial entrepreneurs. Oh, yeah. I find are very interesting because what happens is you're not just building one business and then going and building it again. Normally, you know, you go and you build something and then you build something like like total 90 degree to the right. And, you know, and it's like, oh, let me try my hand at that. And then you find success with that. And then you move on to another 90 degree pivot. Tell me a little bit about, you know, how all this came about and what made you so awesome at it? Well, thanks for saying I'm awesome. But, you know, for me, I, I just I've been a lifelong entrepreneur uh, and it's just something I've always liked doing. I was brought up sort of in an entrepreneurial family and just always, you know, had little businesses and things on the go, went to school for business and, you know, started out at a young age, bought my first franchise. It was a bathroom renovation company and we did sprayed bathtubs and bathtub liners, acrylic walls, kitchen refacing, all sorts of different things and had that for about 15 years. At the same time, I had a cleaning franchise, like you said, lots of different stuff. But I had I've usually had two businesses on the go, Jeff, along the way. And I had a cleaning franchise that we grew from 30 customers to 300 customers. We sold both of those businesses. And then I became a business broker helping people buy and sell their businesses, which was really cool to really enjoyed that. And when I was doing that, I found a business that we currently own, which is called Shootopia. And we, we are currently, my wife and I are own a couple of Shootopia stores and we're retailers and, and have done that since 2010 and grown those businesses and been through trials and tribulations like everybody else in business. Um, and I, a few years started up simplifying entrepreneurs entrepreneurship and coaching other people and helping other owners of businesses get through their trials and tribulations. And I say, you know, coaching business leaders through constant change, because as entrepreneurs, there is constant change. And the last few years have certainly been uh, change. There's been a ton of change. So lots of cool things around that. And I've always developed frameworks, Jeff, that have allowed me to spend more time working on my business than in it as, uh, as, um, 
Gerber put in in the E myth, you know, that was his line. But from that perspective, you know, it's just one of these things like how can I how can I get out of the day to day management of these and be the leader of the business that allows me the opportunity to go and do some of the other things that I like to do and helping other business owners gives me an amount of energy and passion. I just love doing it. Can't see myself ever doing anything else. So that's kind of why I got into simplifying entrepreneurship because really just love working with other owners and going through their stuff and using some of my experiences and some of the learnings and some of the frameworks to get them through and help them through. You know, what's interesting about what you were talking about was the procedures and processes yeah. that are in place. And we speak a lot about that on this podcast, oh, yeah. right? That you really need, you really need SOPs. Um, yeah. I'm curious because you would be, uh, you would be an excellent person to ask this question. How different are those SOPs and those frameworks as you move from a service-based business into a retail business, into a consulting business, how much do those processes shift and how much of that remains the same? You know, the reason uh, people ask me, well, it's like you've worked in a lot of different businesses and had different like things, service, retail, you know, I've been a professional with, with regards to being a, a realtor and a business broker and things like that. And for and I work with the business owners in entrepreneurship, like the actual owners, not so much the management levels and stuff like that, more the owners. And when we talk about the owner stuff, it really does sort of work across the board in most cases, because being a business owner, it's like yin and yang, your business and your life are sort of together. And you're always trying to figure out your timelines and the different things and your worries and your for your life life because you know when you own your business and it shouldn't own you and if you feel as though your business is you're always propping your business up instead of the business propping what you want out of life up then that's the sort of switch and that can happen jeff it, whether you're a retailer or whether you're a plumber or whether you're a realtor or whether you know you're an engineer and and so that's the kind of stuff it's like okay well what do you really want let's get clarity out of this whole thing and what you want your business to give back to you so that we can build the business through the five P's, which is one of my, one of my formation models around this. And as far as getting your king, I sort of thinking tools and things like that. So through, so that we can set up your business to deliver back what it is you want out of it. That's yeah. really cool. So let's talk a little bit about the, about the framework, right? Cause I think the framework here is really the most important part. It's really the linchpin that, uh, that holds all this together. How did you come up with it? Like, what was this something where you put together from other marketing and process greats or something you came up on your own? Like, I think everything you're everything is derivatives, like all these frameworks, nothing's entirely new. They're all derivatives of different things over the years and your own experiences right? That's where the stories come in to sort of inlay stuff and to have better understanding around the frameworks, how to use them, different things like that. And for me, this one's my own, like I came up with it, but uh, the five P's, which I'll give them to you, they aren't unique words by any means. You know, one of the P's, the first one where everything starts is what's your promise. And then aligning the next three P's, your product, your process, which we just talked about a little bit about, and your people to the prompt you can enjoy the right amount of profit. So you've got your promise, your product, process, people, and profit. Okay, so uh, we've heard of these types of frameworks before where they're really designed to break it down into easy enough, you, you know, where it's easy enough yeah. to understand, you know, what it is we're talking about, you know, between the between yeah. the people and the promise yeah. and the, 
you know, in the process, but you know, some, uh, but within each one of those, there are some significant risks. There are some, some significant, um, you know, roadblocks that you can run into. For sure. You know, the biggest one for me is people. Yeah, it always is. Uh, and, you know, let's just, we'll start with promise because if you don't have your promise right, everything else doesn't align. So, right. and what I've been finding over the last year or two is that people haven't updated their promise since the pandemic happened. They're still trying to run off the promise that they were delivering to their clients pre-pandemic. And things have changed. And if you haven't really sit, taken a look back at that and said, okay, well, what has changed? You know, and here's how you develop, here's your, your quick formula to develop your promise or to relook at your promise. You know, what's your problem that you're addressing? What's your unique solution to actually cure that problem so that your client can have a better, because people always buy a better life. They will lay their dollars down on the table when they can envision a better life. So understand their problem. And here's the, here's where one of the things really has changed. The problem that you may have been delivering in the past may not be the same as it is now. I'll flip it back to our shoe stores at Utopia. You know, for the last three years, people haven't been dressing up in Canada as much as they have been in the past because we were closed. I mean, for those in down in the States, you guys were only closed for a short period of time, but a lot of the rest of the world had bigger closures and, you know, we were closed, closed, closed. And people really, it's like a lot of stuff wasn't happening. Balls weren't happening. Weddings weren't happening. All the sort of stuff. We weren't selling dress footwear. We were selling a lot more athletic and sort of casual stuff and slippers, you know, like slip all this kind of stuff. So how has your business changed? How are you delivering? What's the delivery method that you're supplying so that you can overcome the problem that they currently exhibit? Not maybe one that you've always, that's the other thing. That's another one, right? Well, we've always done it that way. Hmm. Maybe not. So, you know, that pulls us into the alignment of the product or service offering, you know, depending if you're a product or service, a business, does it still align with the actual promise providing you've updated your promise or if your promise is still relevant, that's great. Maybe the products aren't anymore. You know, if it's just a, a product that you've been saying, okay, we've had that in our line, it's, it's a staple product, right? So we look at some of these things and when I look and build out the product module or the service module of things, you can use the old 80-20 um, rule, really, where we need to parse off at least 10% of our stuff. We really need to hone in and make it either cheaper, better, faster, you know, better delivery, better experience with that core product that you're offering. And always, as the leader of the business, you always want to be looking at the next 10% that's going to be coming in to deliver your promise even better, or you'll lose out to the competition, right? So that's how your product aligns. I mean, there's a lot more to it than that, but you know, just in, in a quick 15 minute conversation, we move into process. It's the same sort of thing here, Jeff. You know, how many processes, you asked me earlier, uh, you know, do processes sort of go? Well, a lot of them do, some of them don't. I mean, you still have to do payroll, you still have to hire and fire, you still have to open the door every day. I mean, there are certain processes that are in every business. There are certain ones that are unique as well. But a lot of times, at least, with small business owners, and I mean, I have a client, um, wonderful business owner, and she she's grown substantially over the last few years, and most of the processes have still been in her head. So the last year has been about taking those processes out of her head, get them onto paper, mapping them out, who's accountable, which is the other big piece of the people portion, who's accountable for those processes. 
so that you can move them ahead because without any process, it's a real problem. You know, um, one of my coaches in the past used the word, uh, an acronym for the um, word system. System is a process, right? They save you stress, time, energy, and money. That's what a system does. It saves you stress, time, energy, and money. And once you can lay an accountability portion onto that, then really the system's happening the same every time and is working and doing its job. And you don't even have to worry about it because somebody else is accountable for it. So yeah, that, that's when it gets really good. So how often should you be looking you know, critically looking at your processes, mm. you know, at this entire framework and deciding when you need to make a pivot, right? Because, you know, it, like we can look at these, yep. at, at these macro problems that, you know, that presented themselves, right? But sometimes, you know, like the, you know, the, the problems and the products that you're putting together aren't, you know, like there's, yeah, it it, it's a slower train wreck. Right. As opposed to a, uh, you know, as opposed to something that all of a sudden, okay, we're going to shut down Canada for a year. Yep. Right. You know, that doesn't always happen. No, no. Right. Never. Hopefully never again. (laughs) Hopefully never again. Right. But how, but how do you help people manage through that change when they come to the realization that, Hey, I do need to make a pivot here. And how am I going to make that happen effectively without the wheels coming off the train as it's still in motion? Sometimes the wheels do come off the train. And it's, that's just a piece of moving to the next thing. I mean, if you've decided to actually put something to bed, then you put it to bed and you ramp up the next thing, but knowing with full clarity, because I've got another little saying that clarity creates confidence and confidence ignites momentum. So using frameworks like this, help you create the clarity that you need to move the ball ahead. And so this is a strategic framework. You ask sort of how often do we use this? We'll use it depending on your week, on your, on your meeting rhythm that you have with your team and your leadership team and your business. I mean, we meet, um, we have a meeting rhythm that that's like, we have a yearly, we have a quarterly, we have a monthly, we have a weekly, and then we, we have a, a, um, what we call our daily prime up, which basically is our daily with the leadership team. What's your daily three priorities. So all of those things happen in conjunction. So they're all leading to making your year, right? So that's another framework that we can talk about maybe in another, um, podcast, Jeff, but the idea of having steady communication around what the goals are with full clarity of what it is that you want to do. When you look at process, process, there are no perfect processes, but we're always trying to perfect them. So it's a never ending job. Like this morning I was on, on my manager meeting and we were talking about marketing and talking about some of our processes for Shootopia around some of the reels and stories that we're using. So we talked about that, even though it wasn't part of our weekly meeting and it wasn't part of our quarterly agenda, but we know what we want to do with some of these things. So we have the clarity of what the bigger goal is, the strategic framework, right? So that we can make the decisions down at the different levels of whatever meeting structure we have in place with whomever is accountable for whatever piece of the business. How do you then help uh, figure out whether the person that you nominate to be accountable for a certain process yeah. is good for the job or bad for the job. Yeah, That's cap- something, capability. That I, you know, I've, I, I've seen, yeah. you know, like um, both cases where I underestimate, you know, someone that's on my team where they can really do a bang up job if I just let them. Yep. Right. And also, you know, the flip side where it's just like, they're just crashing and burning <laughs> and 
you know, you just gotta, you, you have to figure yeah. out, you know, like what yeah. to do, you know, and like whether you're going to keep them For around, sure. switch uh, priorities, whatever. How does that look in your world? So that that's, that's the fourth P that's people. Right. And so I categorize people into three different components. One is your, and I'm sure you've talked about this, your ideal customer, right? Who's your ideal customer and understanding what their problems are so you can create the promise and deliver. Right. And then the next piece is your ideal teammates, right. And, and all of your team. And then the third one is all of the other suppliers that help deliver your promise could be your accounting firm. It could be a marketing firm. It could be a wholesaler, anybody else that's involved in helping deliver your promise to your clients. But when we flip it back to the people portion, I love um, the book Traction by uh, Gina Wickman and the whole EOS framework, which is pretty good too. And the, one of the main things I like about it is they call an organizational chart an accountability chart. So when we look at that, understanding when you've when you've worked through you know you've got that process list and now you're saying who's going to go who's going to be accountable for this sort of stuff well one of the processes that i do when we when we onboard somebody if it's a new person is we actually test them before they get hired like can you do this job we call it discovery day doesn't matter what job if they're a sales job if they're a bookkeeper if they're um you know inventory clerk or a mechanic anything you bring them in for a day and have a working interview so that you can actually see the work that they're doing so you could test them you know uh, and and see if they're able to do certain things either virtually or in person i like the in person when you do have an in person type business as opposed to a virtual business because you're there you see if they fit culturally and some of this other stuff too which is really cool and there's no skin lost i mean at the end of the day if it's not if it doesn't work for either them or for you then it really works out because it's an easy out without having the commitment of hiring at that point in time if it's somebody within the actual framework then you're looking at this stuff cuz the thing when people get assigned accountability if the process isn't right then the communication is wrong, right? So the communication of what's expected, the expectation is really this whole thing. And, you know, a lot of times people will say, well, you're, let's say, um, uh, a marketing manager. So we've hired you as a marketing manager. So you're, you're the head of marketing and I'm the leader and I'm not giving them any more direction than you're the head of marketing. Well, what's the expectation? The leaders lose focus in the fact that they need to outline with clarity the expectations of what these positions are and what their accountabilities are within them so that those people can rise to the occasion because almost everybody as much as you know people don't necessarily think this all the time but almost everybody that works with you actually wants accountability they don't they don't hide from it they actually want it the people that hide from it aren't a good cultural fit they don't align with your promise so they probably have to leave anyway but the ones that do believe in your promise that do believe in your culture and your people and your product and all that stuff they want accountability and they want to help you deliver that so set it up so that everybody can do what they're capable of doing i've got other frameworks around capability and accountability and all that sort of stuff to get your ideas around that to make sure that things are in alignment but from that perspective your people like you said often your biggest problem but often allow you the most freedom i i'm telling you i could not do i could not be here with you today if i didn't have wonderful people who knew exactly what to do so that i don't have to be at my stores 50 70 hours a week and worrying about opening and closing i don't i mean i really don't even need a key for my stores i don't open and close i don't you know those kind of things they're 
they're often in the process. People are assigned accountabilities and things happen when I'm not around. And, you know, that's what I want to help other entrepreneurs through as well, if they want that as part of their freedom point for their lifestyles. You know, one of the things that I, uh, uh, that I think about, you know, as an up and coming manager is when someone doesn't do the job correctly, right? I try to take a step back and, and figure out, okay, where did this go wrong? Right. Where did it, where did this come off the rails? And I can, what I tend to do is to, you know, first of all, look at myself. Well, I didn't teach this well enough. I didn't put a, a, an easy enough process together in order to make it happen. Now, what happened was that can be a dark rabbit hole because can be. when you put together a process and they're not stepping up to the process and then you take it as a, as a failure on your part, you know, the entrepreneur's part and not on the person that you hire, what do you do? You end up making the process more detailed, right? So that, so now I end up making screenshots with big arrows going in like this and big arrows going yeah. in like that. And then I just make it so brain dead, uh, so brain dead easy, a third grader can follow it. Right. But then as soon as something, you know, like happens where, I don't know, buffer changes the screen layout and invalidates two of my screenshots and then they get lost. And it's like, Hey, wait a second. You know, like, I don't want to be the person who is constantly on top of making screenshots all day. I don't want to be, you know, the CEO of screenshot maker. Right. I want to be the person, you know, I just want this stuff to get done. And if you find somebody who cannot adapt to something like that, that could actually be a hindrance, right? Where you're looking at it like, okay, well, now I have to go back and reteach this person because they didn't have enough, because they did, you know, they were too afraid to step out of that line after I gave them a process that I wanted them to follow. Now, what happens is a lot of people when they, especially when they hire out to, you know, to the Philippines or to India and all that, you know, not slagging on them, right? They're, you know, they're great people, excellent workers, very efficient, right? But you do have to make sure that you are communicating effectively, right? And even though we're all communicating in the same language, you know, sometimes the cultural fit may not be there correctly. Sometimes it may not be, you know, like a hundred percent, uh, culturally aligned, but there still needs to be a good level of communication. Have you ever found that where like, you think that you're, that you're creating these processes so good that anybody can follow them. And then lo and behold, they can't like, how does that, like, how does that look? Yeah. It, here's how it looks. I'll flip it back to my, I'm using examples of me right. <laughs> today. I'll, I'll flip it back to my shoe store. Um, I don't work on the point of sale system very much. Okay. So if there's a new way of receiving, let's say receiving, they usually bring me in and say, okay, Pete, can you receive this next shipment? And here's the, here's the list of how to do that. So I will go through step-by-step step as, as the person who is incapable, you know, we're talking about capabilities. So Prior to this, I had no idea how to receive. So now I'm being handed this sheet of paper to be able to go through and see if I can receive, tag, and, and you know get this to the point where it's ready to go on the shelf. And so I just go through it step by step and do it. And that's what I was saying about a discovery day. Like keep things step by step to see if they can do it is one of the things. Well, when we look at, at the evolution of process, once, once the original process is, is managed, then who 
in, in our business anyway, what I always recommend is that the person who's in charge of that process, and they may have three or four other people doing the process, but you know, if they're in charge of that process, they're in charge of the update. So I'm not the one going in and doing the screen shares and doing the loom videos and all the other stuff showing they are because it's their accountability. So they're in charge of that particular person in charge of the update on the process. And from that perspective, it keeps it as close as it can to the actual thing happening and in the know all the time. So from that side of things, um, I don't really do the updates either, Jeff. The person who's accountable does the updates so that if there's ever any issues there, they know what's happening. It's their accountability. So if there's a problem in, we'll use receiving, if there's a problem in receiving, I'm going to go to that person and say, what's the problem here? Because on, on our leadership, we know there's a problem. So now as the leader, we're communicating in our weekly meeting. Okay, what's the problem? And he's like, okay, well, I have to update this because this is happening and Shopify has changed the way we bring stuff in. It's like, okay, so here, here's now we're going to put it on our, our to-do list. When's this going to be updated by? That's my job. When's it going to be updated by? Oh, it's going to be updated by next week. Okay, great. And my job is accountable. Did you get that updated next week at next week meeting? Yes, I did. Check. Thank you. Amazing. It's a dashboarding, right? There, you know, it really is because, you know, you can really get lost in the minutia sometimes if you let it. But, uh, you know, it's also, you know, part of relinquishing that uh, superhero syndrome, right? Thinking that I'm the only one that can handle it. And, you know, also being able to handle and trust the people that you, uh, you know, that you are entrusting with your business. That's the whole reason why you hired them. Yeah. Right. Because you're expecting yeah. them to step up. And if, and if they can't, yeah. well, that's a different problem, right? But, it, you know, if they, but if they can, but they just need better direction, then, okay, how are you going to get them that better direction? Is it training? Exactly. Is it, yeah. Is it better systems? You know, like wherever it is. All right. So great. Thank you for sharing that. I really appreciate it. My pleasure. Pete, can you please let everyone know how they can find you online and how they can learn more about and learn more about what it is that you do? Yeah, sure. So simplifying entrepreneurship, if you just type that into Google, you will get there. Or as it says here on the screen, if you're watching simplifying entrepreneurship.com. And from that perspective, we have a podcast too uh, called simplifying entrepreneurship. Go figure. You can find me on LinkedIn, Pete Moore, M O H R or on Instagram, Pete Moore underscore coach. Uh, so lots of places, but if you type in Pete Moore, M O H R or simplifying entrepreneurship, you'll definitely get a hold of me. Amazing stuff. Pete, thank you so much for joining me. It's been a lot of fun been a pleasure. I love nerding out on this stuff. <laughs> and, you know, it, it, you know, it's been great to talk about process because, you know, it's one of those things that are really super important, no matter what kind of business you're doing, tangibles, intangibles, e-commerce, brick and mortar stores, it's all there. You need them all. So absolutely. Thank you for joining me. Make it a great day. Thank you so much for listening to the One Big Tip podcast. If you're a six to eight figure entrepreneur, business coach, or speaker who would like to be on this show, we need to talk. The audience for this podcast is hungry for experts and professionals who want to share their knowledge with this world. So if you're ready to share your actionable and measurable One Big Tip, please go to onebigtip.com slash guest and let's get your story out there. I am also crazy excited to announce my new Agents of Pod coaching program. With this program, I show busy entrepreneurs the strategies that I use to have warm conversations with my dream clients, keep my calendar book solid, 
and consistently have potential clients at the ready, all anxiously waiting to speak with me every single week. Head on over to agentsofpod.com slash hero and let me show you how to be the superhero in your business today. Lastly, I have a huge ask for you. Could you please share this with your audience on social media? The stories and connections that I make on this podcast have helped thousands of people, sometimes in the most profound ways. And you never know if your small action today will be the one that kickstarts your friend, a family member, or even yourself into taking massive action and starting the next multi-million dollar business. It'll be your way of just paying it forward. My name is Jeff Mendelson. You can find me on all the major social channels like LinkedIn, Instagram, and Facebook. Thank you so much for listening.